Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. It's football time! And Blake, Iowa Gopher. Game week, baby. Well, yeah, it is game week. Uh, we are now, okay, so with the time zone change, 20, no, 23 plus 24, 47 hours and, I don't know, 42 minutes away, something like that? Not quite. 40, try 46 hours and 42 minutes. Ah, uh, you know, I was close. The maths, they are difficult. Um, all right, so it's Ohio State, which, yeah, I mean, we'll get to predictions at the end. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we're all expecting a, a big W here. We'll take it if it happens. But uh, let's, I'm going to turn it over to you, Blake. Um, if you had to list in order uh, the top three things that worry you about Ohio State, what would they be? Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's such a lesser-known program, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint uh, <laughs> just three points. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Ohio State's a big deal. Um, and, you know, they haven't – they don't lose a whole lot. I don't know if you notice that when they do lose, it's usually against, like, a team like Alabama or Clemson. And, you know, Minnesota's obviously not Alabama or Clemson. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's remember, Minnesota uh, owns the all-time series record against Alabama one to nothing. Oh, I mean, I stand corrected. That's that's true. I can't believe I forgot that. They're batting a 1,000 against the Crimson Tide, which, you know, I, I'd say not many programs can say. Yeah, Ohio State certainly can't say it. So let's give some credit to Minnesota there. Um, yeah, three things that concern about Ohio State. One is, um, you know, much has been made about them losing some a lot of starters on both sides of the ball. I think they'll lose about six in offense, six defense. Um Obviously, the big one on offense is Justin Fields, who's now uh, playing for the Chicago Bears, and he'll be replaced by C.J. Stroud, who's a redshirt freshman quarterback who has yet to make a pass attempt in a collegiate game. But um, you know, the thing with him is he's, I mean, like all Ohio State recruits, he's a former four-star recruit. Um, you know, he's got he's a pro, your prototypical Ohio State quarterback, strong arm, can throw a nice deep ball. He's got athleticism that can extend plays outside the pocket. And I mean, that's kind of the story all over the field for them. Um, no matter whether they're replacing guys or not, there's always going to be more talent um, where the, where that last one came from. So it's just, it's a team that's hard to get, it's hard to get excited about the game thinking that they're vulnerable because of their departures when knowing that they've just got talent coming up the wazoo. I mean, they have, you know, top 10 of top 10 recruiting classes. So um, it's just a team that's really hard to beat as evidenced by their record. And Ryan day hasn't even lost a big 10 game yet. And he's in his third year as head coach at Ohio state. So to me that that's point one is just, this is probably one of the most talented teams Minnesota has faced um, in the PJ Fleck era. I mean, a lot of people look back at, 2019 when they faced Auburn, that was a talented team. But you know, again, that was two years ago. This is a different Minnesota team. Um, so yeah, just the matchup in general, I think, is tough, especially for a season opener. I think that that people didn't think there's an advantage there to getting Ohio State at the beginning of the season, but you know, that also kind of works against Minnesota too. So um, second point is, I would say their talent and offense, especially wide receiver. If you're going to have a redshirt freshman quarterback, you're going to want all American wide receivers. Uh, and they have two of those. They've got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, um, two guys that are the best friends of any uh, first, first year starting quarterback. Uh, but they also have uh, kind of an embarrassing riches at running back. Uh, you know, last year they had Trey Sermon who's in the NFL. Now their leading rusher master Teague may not even be their starter. They've got three guys, including him that could all uh, see carries on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, 
like a retro freshman name, I think Mayan Williams is how you pronounce it, and then a true freshman named Travion Henderson. So um, a lot of talent at running back, and obviously because Ohio State, they're going to be operating behind a pretty impressive offensive line featuring not one but two All-Americans at offensive tackle. And, I mean, one isn't even going to play tackle. They moved him into guard so that another really good offensive tackle could take the right tackle spot. So, I mean, when you're moving All-Americans around to make room for younger guys, I mean, it's they just have talent come out of their ears. So it's going to be a challenge for Minnesota, uh, especially on defense. You know, we, we, I think we've well documented the struggles that uh, Minnesota had on defense last year, especially at linebacker. And if you're a team with a young quarterback, you're obviously going to want to run the ball a lot and teams ran the ball quite easily against Minnesota last year. Um, but we'll, I think the big matchup there to be watched will be obviously Ohio State's defensive or offensive line and their running backs against Minnesota's linebackers, which you returned over from last year, plus Braylon Oliver from injury and uh, Jack Gibbons, the middle linebacker from, from Abilene Christian. So to me, yeah, that that would be my second point is just Ohio State has very talented offense, regardless of who's gone from last year. And I think we all hope for improvement from Minnesota's defense this year. But at this point, I just don't know how much improvement they have made. And I mean, thankfully, we won't have to wait very long to find out. And then defensively, um, I don't say, I guess I don't know how concerned I am about the Ohio State defense. I mean, it's that kind of probably sounds a little arrogant. It's a talented defense, but they are missing all, every starting linebacker from last season. They don't have any linebackers coming back that have starting experience. So there is a vulnerability, but they also have a really impressive defensive line. You know, they got a preseason All-American at defensive tackle in Haskell Garrett, and then two really good defensive ends in Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith that are going to probably cause some problems for Minnesota's uh, offensive line up front. Their secondary has had some uh, issues, I would say, last year against the against against the pass, but they return guys with a lot of experience. They just don't have a ton of depth at that, that position. They've got um, their two starting corners, or seven banks and Cam Brown, um, two guys that were injured during preseason camp and have kind of been working their way back. But uh, they got a couple of really good safeties. One's a senior from last year, and another's a sophomore. Kind of uh, made his name at. Uh, safety last year as a freshman. So, I mean, there's, there's some vulnerabilities there on defense. I, I think a big part, a big question mark for me, and this would probably be my third point is who's going to step up at wide receiver from Minnesota, especially if Chris Alvin Bell isn't available. Um, you know, we've heard reports that Clay Gary may not be available. He's pre- like, he's kind of an elder statesman at the wide receiver core at this point. There just aren't a ton of guys with experience and not a lot of upper class at the position in general. Um, so I'm really concerned at, at who's going to be the playmaker, um, at wide receiver for them. Cause I think Tanner Morgan, God bless him. I think he's going to need some help because his team lacks, you know, there's no Rashad Bateman. There's no Tyler Johnson. You know, I don't know. He's not going to put up a 2019 season if he doesn't have a couple big play wide receivers. And, you know, maybe the Texas A&M transfer Dylan Wright is the guy, or maybe Daniel Jackson can build off last season's freshman year. So I would say, yeah, my third point of concern is who's going to step up wide receiver. Cause we know, what Minnesota has in the running game. We, Muhammad Abraham, probably the deepest, most experienced offensive line we've had in years in Minnesota. But I mean, if they don't have a running game, I mean, if they don't have a passing game, Ohio State's just going to stack the box the whole game. And I don't think that's going to go very well for Minnesota. So yeah, those would be my three points. It's just talent, especially on, on Minnesota and Ohio State's offense. And then three, um, who's going to step up wide receiver for Minnesota. So one thing I just really didn't hear you address at all was the fact that Ryan Day, head coach of Ohio State, had a uh, just a magnificent beard and chose to shave it before the season. And if Lovey Smith has taught us anything, 
it's that shaving your beard is the quickest way to get fired. Uh, can you weigh in on how optimistic we should be now that uh, Ryan Day has decided to go uh, with a with a shorn face? Well, I think if I read that correctly, he say it's his wife's superstition that he can't coach with a with a beard, so he stands in uh, diametric opposition to the Lovey Smith philosophy. Yeah, uh, but that, that that's my point: is his wife is wrong. Uh, that's that's fair. I, you know, I will certainly find out. I think this is going to be. Uh, a great experiment or a great validation like one side's going to be right proven right one side's going to be proven wrong um you know lovey i think the facts bear themselves out with lovey shaved the beard things didn't go well for him um i think this is a good test case for us i i mean i'm with you i think lovey's beard was probably the best thing about his coaching tenure in illinois so 100 percent. there's nothing else you can point to i mean to be honest things didn't go well when he had the beard either yeah but he looked good like, if you're going to lose that many games, at least look good. And he did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it counts for something. I mean, in the Illinois' case, I mean, they've got Brett Bielema now. So, I mean, looking good. Looking good's out the window. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Whitman would not have fired Lovey Smith if he was, because he would have been baffled. Uh, the bafflement that would have come from him when he looked at that magnificent beard would have at least kept Lovey Smith around for one more year. But then he shaved it and he lost his protection against getting fired is all, is all I'm saying. So Ryan Day, I, what I'm saying is, is going to get fired now. That's, that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, you know, I think Blake, you alluded to it a little bit at the beginning. This has been a, a very odd off season and, and honestly, an odd season to get hyped up for. I, I had trouble getting hyped up for last year, but last year was really about, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we still are, but it, in a way that um, obviously was completely different and difficult to experience and enjoy. Uh, you know, we weren't going to be going to football games. Um, we weren't vaccinated. Uh, a lot of things stood in the way of it being an enjoyable season. Now I feel like it's just kind of like, uh, the hype is down. Um, and, and I think in large part, in large part, that's again due to the pandemic, but I mean, uh, Andy, how are, how are you feeling coming into the season in terms of how excited you are versus how you think you'd normally be, uh, getting ready for football? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I'm still pretty excited. I, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to being in in the stadium on Thursday night, and I think it'll only increase once I once we get in there and 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 you know get into the stadium and just start getting those vibes, which should be a you know sold out crowd if not you know a thousand short or something like that. Um, you know, it should be loud. It should be exciting. It should be it should be a good time. And so I think you know I'll, I'll be I'll be pretty excited there. Um, but I mean, rightly or wrongly, there, you're always going to sort of have that little, you know, COVID thing in the back of your head. You know, you're you're hoping that uh, a bomb doesn't drop on your team, which in theory, with Minnesota's vaccination rate, it shouldn't. But you know, then it's it's obviously, you know, you're going to be in a stadium with fifty thousand people, so that sort of is in the back of your head. It's it, it. So no, it doesn't have that sort of carefree, fun feeling that we had a couple years ago. I think, but you know. Um, if the Gophers come out and get off to a good start in the uh, in the first quarter Thursday night, I think uh, I think that feeling, you know, similar to how we had during the uh, the Penn State and, and 
the Wisconsin game in, in 2018, and, and I think that'll come back pretty quick. Blake, you don't have the, you know, a forthcoming tailgate um, or or attendance at the Ohio State game to juice you up. So what, what are you looking forward to as you come off this oddest of off-seasons? Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, you know, I've been thinking back to this time last year, I mean, probably a little bit closer to the season, because last season, obviously, around this time, we thought Big Ten season was canceled. Um, <laughs> before Nebraska saved us, you guys. But obviously, before, you know, God bless Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers for saving football last year. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I, I was much more excited last year for the season that I am this year. And I think part of it too was, I think last year I was definitely running on fumes by the end of the season. Like I obviously didn't go as, as we had hoped. I think everyone was excited because of 2019 and how much we returned back, you know, it was going to be Rashad Bateman's last year before he went pro. Um, we thought the defense was finally going to, it was going to be able to sustain the success they had the year before, even though they lost several draft picks. There's just a lot of hope and optimism around the program. And obviously the season didn't go, in, as we plan in any shape or form. And this off season, I think um, we return a lot back to the team. Uh, to me, there's just like, I think part of the excitement last year was we had so many unknowns too. Like we had like new guys coming in. We had a lot, we had a lot, of, we had a kind of an exodus of seniors. And I think we're all excited about the younger guys finally getting their play. A lot of younger Fleck recruits finally getting some significant amount of playing time. And this year, I mean, it's exciting that we have a lot of people coming back, but I think that also takes a little of the excitement away from it is like we, we kind of know who's who the guys are going to be this year. It's just a question of how much better they're going to be. Um, and I think part of it too, maybe this year is I'm kind of, you know, it's a defect defense mechanism weight, like to avoid the disappointment of last year is like saying, you know, just let's, let's keep the hype level, have hype levels down, you know, expectations low because, you know, they very well could be as bad defensive as they were last year. I certainly hope not. Um, but yeah, I mean, as Minnesota fans, I think you both know that what I'm getting at is like, you just kind of, you're trained to not get your hopes up sometimes. And I think, I think they're very capable of having a good season, but I think part of it too, coming into the season for me, is just, it's just trying to have low expectations and kind of see how this first game goes and, and build from there. And I, I, it very well may, may be possible that I get really excited and into the season after this first game, um, just kind of, you know, get your feet wet, get back into the, the, the rhythm of things. But yeah, it's, this is definitely the strangest I've felt entering a season um, in a very long time. So it's, yeah, very odd territory for me. What I hear you saying is, uh, in the parlance of Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you, uh, and you're just throttling back on the the hope a little bit. I would say, I mean, I'm always down for a Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso reference, so um, hat tip to you. But yeah, I mean, I don't know why that would be any different from from last year for me in terms of the hope killing you. I obviously. Maybe it was a little overcome with uh, the euphoria from 2019 uh, heading into last season, but maybe this past year gave me a little bit of reality check. But uh, but yeah, I, the, sometimes I just think it is the hope. And I think you see a lot of the, the talk about Minnesota this season is which team is was the real deal, 2019 or 2020. I think that's kind of the position I'm in too is – I, I would like to believe that 2020, 2019 was the real deal and 2020 was the anomaly. I think there's a lot of factors that went into it that, that proved 2019 was the real deal, but um, we'll, be, we'll find out this season. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, trying to prevent the hope from killing me. That's a good way of putting it. 
All right. Well, uh, we'll get back to a little bit of football, but um, honestly, it's after a very slow rollout to the recruiting of the coach Ben Johnson era. Um, it's it's been uh, a, a month ish now of some some good good news, good turns in the recruiting uh, world as it spins. Uh, Andy, can you talk about the latest uh, commit picked up by uh, the Gophers? Yeah, on Monday, the uh, the Gophers got a commitment from Josh Ola Joseph, who is a six uh, eight or excuse me six six two hundred pound wing from uh, Osseo High School. So uh, that's I think three Minnesotans in a row now for for Johnson. Sure, I, I'll be honest, I, I can't keep track. But uh, so yeah, he, he's getting he's getting several members of this uh, impressive twenty two in state class and. And Joseph, Ola Joseph, is, is one of those kids. Is, he's not one of the highest-rated kids yet, but apparently he had just a ridiculously good summer blowing up on the AAU circuit. Um, you know, came came into it and uh, really went from having zero offers from any high-major schools to earning a Gopher scholarship as well as Clemson and Texas A&M and um, I think Nebraska as well. And, and you know, he, he like I said, he, he looks the part. He's He's... Uh, an athletic body, uh, supposedly has close to a 40 inch vertical, long wingspan. Um, you know, it, it's he's uh, got some work on on the fine tuning skills to do, but uh, you know, we we've got uh, we've got our our you know our two, three, and four pretty much locked up here from in state kids, and and obviously we still have got some scholarships to work on. Um, so hopefully, uh, Johnson can try and find himself a point guard here relatively soon. Uh, obviously Trey Holloman would have been the, uh, the jewel of this class, but decided to go play for Tom Izzo instead, which I mean, good for him. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Gophers, uh, Ben Johnson still has some work to do, but, uh, you know, from where we were three weeks ago to where we are now, it's, it's looking like a, uh, a much more comfortable feeling look going into the, uh, recruiting class of 2022. Well, Andy, I'm going to keep it with you for a minute. Can you talk a little bit about how things went with the volleyball team uh, in their opening uh, series uh, of, uh, of matches down in Madison? Yeah, the uh, the Gophers were uh, ranked number seventh going into the opening weekend of the uh, Big Twin Big Twelve Challenge last weekend, and had a, had a pretty big matchup right away Friday night when they played uh, number ten Baylor. Uh, unfortunately for Minnesota, the uh, the Bears uh, got the better of the Gophers, and and they they, they beat them three uh, one. You know the team split the first two sets uh, before Baylor came back to pick up three, and and unfortunately the Gophers uh, showed what they they had some trouble with last year at times. It was, it was holding under a lead. They had a twenty four twenty lead in set four, needing just one more point to to push it to a tie breaking fifth set. Uh, but Baylor came back with four straight points and then and then quickly took advantage after tying it up and won 28-26 to uh, win the match three to one. So uh, Baylor is a, is a really good team. I mean they've got they've got four All Americans on that roster. They brought in a transfer from uh, national champion Kentucky who was an All American. Um, they brought in somebody from uh, Arizona State who was a second team All American. So uh, ba- Baylor is no slouch, but uh, it. it you know, it, it shows that Minnesota is not going to have any easy games at all this season. Um, they've got uh, they've got a ridiculously tough non-conference schedule before the Big Ten schedule starts. Uh, the Gophers did bounce back, picked up an easy 3-0 sweep over TCU on Saturday. Uh, TCU, not a very good team. Uh, but 
it gets dramatically harder this weekend. Um, Wednesday night, Gophers open up the home season at the PAB by hosting number one Texas before heading out to number five Florida for a match Saturday afternoon. So uh, the Gopher night conference schedule rolls on. It's going to be incredibly tough. Uh, Gophers, you know, they have Stephanie Samley, who is one of the best players in the country, uh, once again coming back for a fifth year. Uh, but it does show that they're still missing a little bit of depth in the middle there. You know, they've got Samity, and then they've got uh, Taylor Lanfair and Jen- Jenna Wenis, a pair of sophomores, both outside and opposite hitters, uh, you know, like Samity, who can who can get the kills, but uh, their middle blockers is where they're definitely uh, missing. You know, Reagan Pittman would have been nice if she had decided to come back for her fifth season. She did not. She moved on. And uh, it's it's that area in the middle where the Gophers have really got to try and, and neutralize uh, some of these teams that have a little bit more power up the middle. Uh, one of them being Wisconsin with Dana Retke, the uh, four-time first-team All-American coming back for her fifth season. Uh, the Gophers will obviously see the Badgers here coming up in, in a month or two. But uh, Wisconsin, for comparison's sake, had had no real trouble with Baylor. They easily beat Baylor 3-1 on Saturday night in Madison. So uh, obviously the, the Gophers aren't quite up to uh, the, to the Wisconsin level. Those top uh, top five teams, they fell to number 10 in the uh, coaches' pool this week. And like we said, uh, number one at home on Wednesday, number five on the road on Saturday. It would be great to see the Gophers try and get at least one of those matches. But uh, it, it's going to be tough sledding for them for sure. All right, bouncing back to football for a minute. I'm going to read the quote from P.J. Fleck uh, from today uh, about Chris Ottman Bell. Uh, Cab is, quote, is a little more kind of advanced in terms of a game time decision, but I won't make that call. Chris will make that call along with our medical team, unquote. That is the wordiest way of saying I'm going to pretend he's playing but he's not playing, right? Like, that, there's no way that wording results in him playing. Blake, you agree? I mean, I've heard this tune too many times before. It was, you know, he's week to week. He's day to day. He's in, he's progressing incredibly quickly. Uh, it's going to be his call, the medical status call. To me, it's just classic deflect gamesmanship when it comes to injuries. I mean, it's, it's no secret. Alvin Bell is like a big part of their offense, and um, going to the season opener, he's gonna—he's not gonna come out and say he's gonna he, one way or the other he's gonna play or he's not. Um, but I mean, I will be shocked if Chris Von Bell plays on Thursday night. I just his his sprain—he was wearing a boot after a sprain that was what three weeks ago. And I mean, sprains—they can take some time. Um, and I really just don't think, um, in this scheme of things, why rush Chris Von Bell back for this game when you could just play it safe and have him available the rest of the season. I think the season is more important than just this game. And I think they understand that too, as much as Chris probably wants to play as much as Fleck would probably like to have him. I just long-term, it makes more sense to just play him. If not, don't play him if he's not ready. And it doesn't sound like he's ready. Uh, Andy, in your mind, will we see Chris Ottman bell in a really sweet full zip uh, while he's not dressed to play on the sidelines, or is it going to be a quarter zip that U Street will want to buy immediately? Uh, you know, the interesting thing will be uh, we'll have to see what type of flashy rain gear that the Gophers may have uh, this year. We may not, you know, uh, the, the weather for the game is looking potentially a little wet, so uh, we'll have to see. 
you know, if they've got some, some new nice rain gear to, to pull out, uh, of which case then you would assume it would be a full zip. But, uh, no, I, I, I do, I do agree with Blake that I do think that, um, that we won't see him Thursday night. Now, will I be surprised if they try and go the semi fake out route and he, he shows up dressed and then doesn't play? That wouldn't surprise me at all. But, um, yeah, even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. And and the last thing you want to do is lose him for a longer period of time. Um, you know, it, admittedly, most likely his his presence isn't going to help one way or the other against Ohio State. I mean, I take that back. It would help, but it's not going to get them over the hump of the Buckeyes. Um, you shouldn't really need him for Miami of Ohio one way or the other. So even if he sits out another week, I think that's fine. But uh, you'd like to have him back close to 100% by the time you go to, to Colorado in, in three weeks. So um, I think if, if I'm a Gopher fan, that's the date I have circled to hopefully have uh, to have Cap back in the lineup. Well, let's say this. If at the end of this game we're saying we could have won that if we had Chris Elman Bell, they probably played really well. And to me – that's what I'm looking for. I mean, it's Ohio State. Like we all, we all want them to win, but at minimum, I, minimum, I just want them to play well. And if we're saying at the end of this game, wow, if we just had Chris Owen, but we would have won, then they probably played pretty damn well. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. All right, we're gonna flip over to hockey real quick, uh, Andy. I know you had uh, some disappointment earlier this week when the Big Ten hockey schedule was announced because they placed the. Um, game in Madison, or sorry, the series in Madison uh, on the same weekend as the home game against Illinois. Uh, what? Just kind of give us a quick recap uh, of what your thoughts are about the Gophers' Big Ten schedule in hockey. Yeah, Big Ten schedule was released on Monday. Um, you know, the main, the main bullet points, uh, we're back to normal Friday-Saturday series. Uh, none of these weird playing games on those sorts of weird days for TV. Uh, we're we're back to we're back to how it was. Same thing. Big Ten tournament is back to how it was in in 2019 and prior. Uh, whereas the uh, the number one seed will get a bye directly into the semifinals, and then the the quarterfinals will be best of three, matching up two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five, uh, before single elimination semifinals and a championship game. Um, the Gophers have a have a pretty front loaded uh, fall home schedule. Uh, they're non-conference. Obviously, they've got two two series to open the season in October against Cupcakes before home and homes against St. Cloud and UMD. Uh, they open the Big Ten season the uh, Halloween weekend against Notre Dame uh, at 3 at Mariucci before traveling the following weekend to Madison, uh, which, again, I'd much, much rather that road trip be uh, January or February and, and no conflicts, but unfortunately... Um, as someone who has home season tickets for both football and hockey, I probably will be stuck in the Twin Cities watching the Gophers beat up on, on Brett Bielma's team rather than watching uh, Gopher Badgers in Madison. Um, but then after that, they play two home series against Penn State and Ohio State again. So it, it's a ridiculously front-loaded home schedule. Uh, in fact, the Gophers will have a, they'll have an exhibition against the U.S. under-18 team in early January, but they will not play in a real game at home for two months. Uh, from something like November 21st to January 21st, they don't play a single real game at 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 3m. So uh, that will be that will be a little weird, but um, you know, and they have a, they have a gauntlet to finish uh, the pretty familiar back-to-back week road trips against Ohio State and Penn State, 
And then they finish with the Badgers last weekend of the year with probably the Big Ten regular season on the line uh, at home. So, um, you know, that should be – it's a pretty good series. Uh, Michigan, they, they had two Michigan, which is probably the most anticipated team in the conference this year. Uh, the team that had four of the top five NHL first-round draft picks in June, and they're all coming back for uh, either their freshman or sophomore season in Ann Arbor. So that should be a stacked Wolverine team. Uh, the Gophers head to Ann Arbor for the last series in 2021 in December uh, and then get them back in Minneapolis here uh, in in mid-January. So um, should be exciting. You know, we should have a, a pretty good idea of uh, how this team will look by the time they they play those uh, home and homes against St. Cloud and UMD before the Big Ten starts, and hopefully they can take advantage of a lot of uh, a lot of home games early and and try and make some hay before the uh, the rest of the season in 2022 gets a bit tougher. All right. Well, it's that time. Uh, it is officially the first game week, which means we need to close out with some predictions. Uh, Blake, you have posted yours as part of the uh, preview that you wrote, but do you just want to recap what you see as the final score of the game on Friday? Yeah. Or Thursday? God, Thursday, yeah. not Friday. <laughs> Get your days right, Chris, okay? Um yeah, I mean, as I said in the post, is an upset possible? Yes, I mean, that's why they play the games. But is an upset probable? Probably not. I mean, most teams lose to Ohio State. and There's no shame in losing to Ohio State. They're one of the best teams in the country, one of the best programs in the country in terms of talent, coaching, whatever whatever you want to rank them by. Um, so I certainly hope I'm wrong. But I just can't, as a reasonable person, I just can't get conscience uh predict minnesota upsetting ohio state though i will point out in, in the last time a number four ranked team visited minnesota it didn't go well for them uh, but this thursday i will predict that ohio state wins 31 20 yeah you know i think most of the same i think uh, the ohio state offense is just going to be too powerful i mean uh, obviously their quarterback hasn't played but they've got two of the best wide receivers in all of the country much less the big 10 uh they've got a stacked running back group and and the gophers have some have questions on defense you know we we hope that the defense will be much better than it was last year but until we see it on the field uh, i don't think anybody's willing to give them the full benefit of the doubt um i i do think that the gopher offense will be able to move the ball a little bit but um i think that the buckeye offense is just going to be too powerful so i've got a uh, i've got a 38 21 final um it's never really close and, and uncomfortable for ohio state but uh the gophers don't let it be a complete blowout either well i'm gonna go with a 42 21 ohio state doubles up minnesota um that may read on paper like i'm predicting a blowout again i don't think that's how it'll feel i don't think it'll feel close most of the game but not i, I i'm not gonna even in that scenario, leave feeling, you know, especially bothered. Um, I, I think that's just going to be a testament to the quality of the Ohio State team if they're able to put up that size of a win. Uh, more about Ohio State than about um, Minnesota, honestly. I'm not, I find it unlikely I'm going to take too many thoughts away from how Minnesota plays, uh, even if they win. Uh, if they win, that's just going to be fantastic in and of itself. And then I'm going to want to see a larger sample size of what Minnesota can do uh, before um, before I really worry about anything. Uh, but honestly, as I have for my prediction, I, I don't think they're going to win. 
But football is back. Tailgating is back. Um, Going to close with a reminder, you should probably get to the game early. It's the first game of electronic tickets. There will be confusion. There will be problems. That's just how those things go. Outside of that, uh, looking forward to just looking forward to kicking it off. So um, with that, go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. Oh,